0: You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 12. All right, guys, let's jump right on in today. We're going to be talking about pursuit of excellence, the pursuit of excellence. And our key verse is 1 Samuel 16, verse 18. And it says, Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person. And the Lord is with him. First Samuel 16, 18, and I read that from the New King James Version. Now, again, our mindset, the way that we set our minds every day is what we will attain and what we will accomplish if we set our minds on certain goals. And today is really more, we're digging into a a leadership concept. We're dealing with a, a personal development concept. We're dealing with something that has to do with improving the quality of your life. Now, again, I am a grace-based teacher, leader, preacher, um, and I believe that everything we do comes through the filter of grace. However, I do also believe that there are things in our life that we can improve, we can get better on, and we can be better for others you know, having a healthy mindset isn't just accepting grace and knowing that you're forgiven and knowing that you're redeemed and knowing that you are fully covered by grace. But it also, there's also a, a a an aspect of our lives that we have to grab a hold on if we're going to be valuable and beneficial to others. And we should always be working to improve the quality of our life, the quality of our leadership, the quality of our pursuit so that we we will get more out of life getting more out of life isn't just about thought leadership it's about action leadership it's about action it's about doing things that improve the quality of your life so that you can be more valuable and more influential and increase your sphere of influence with others and so today we're talking about the pursuit of excellence and i love this key verse that we've shared Because in this verse are six key aspects of personal development that King David had. King David was a leader of leaders. He was a natural born leader. He was a go-getter. He was ambitious. He was resourceful. He was a godly man. He was um, a grace-filled leader. Um, He discovered something about grace that any other leader in the old covenant did not know. It wasn't the fullness of it but it was close to what God's heart was. And that's why he was uh, called a man after God's heart. He had something in him that was yet to be revealed more through, of course, the fulfillment of it through Jesus Christ. But there was something about his leadership that we can all learn and we can all glean from. And I'm gonna be covering that today because I believe when we can get a hold of this, the quality of our leadership, the quality of our personal excellence, the quality of Who we are and what we do will increase the sphere of our influence and give us more access and impact in people's lives. All right, so let's dissect this verse a little bit. Let's go back and get a little bit of history. Now, as most of you may already know, this King Saul was the first king of Israel. And because of his impatience, his impulsivity, and his disobedience, he lost his title as king. It was rent from him by Samuel. Samuel uh, basically uh, gave him the word from the Lord that he had no longer uh, been given the authority to lead Israel. And a new king had been anointed. Um, A new king was on the rise. King David was on his way into taking the throne, but he was still a young man and he was still uh, shepherding in the field and had not quite yet come into the fullness of his uh, right and kingship and title. And of course, you know, the story of David is a very long and a very... Uh, a very very difficult journey for David to get to be a king. So just because you're assigned to be a king and promised to be uh, a leader and God has an assignment and a destiny on your life doesn't mean you're going to get it automatically. There's going to be a journey. It's going to be a difficult journey. You're going to go through the University of Hard Knocks is what my dad used to call it. Um, You are going to, you're not going to get it just easily. It's going to come to you Uh, you're gonna have a lot of difficulties on the way and a lot of challenges on the way. And that's just because you have to earn the right to lead. You don't just get handed it. It doesn't just get handed to you. You have to go through this journey. And so right now, the beginning of David's journey is is that he is a a shepherd. He is a musician. He's just doing his day-to-day job out in the field with the sheep. And King Saul is going through this season of depression, of torment of regret he's depressed and the bible says that he was tormented by an evil spirit and it was a spirit that was just probably mostly wrestling with regret and anger and disappointment and failure he had lost his right to lead his kingdom his dynasty is is fading and god is now raising up this young man david and it's unbeknownst to saul at the time But uh, Saul says, he turns to his administrators and he says, I need something to help me get through this torment and this depression and this anxiety and this fear and this jealousy and this anger. And I'm being tormented by the spirit. I need something to help me. I I need a musician. I need some music. And so his administrators, they... uh, so to speak, kind of go through the files, if there were files at that time, and they're looking for somebody to fill this position. And one of the servants, this is where we are in 1 Samuel 16 and 18, one of the servants says, hey, I found somebody. I think he fits the description that you're looking for. He's not just a great musician, but he's got all these other qualities in his resume. And these are the six things that this servant reads out to Saul And telling him that we found the guy that we think can help you, you know, soothe this tormenting spirit. And he says to him, he says, I have found a son. He's a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Now, watch this. He gives six different qualities of David. He says, he's a skillful player, he's skillful in playing, he's a mighty man of valor. That's two. Three, he's a man of war. Number four, he's prudent in speech. Number five, he's a handsome person. And then number six, the Lord is with him. So I'm basically gonna, in this next few minutes, I'm going to tell you the six qualities that made David, uh, that, that gave him a call from the king. He got a call from the king. And these are six areas in our personal life that we can also be developing on a constant basis for the rest of your life. If you're gonna pursue excellence, if you're going to pursue improving the quality of your leadership, if you're going to to increase and improve the quality of your overall life so you can have a wider sphere of influence and more impact in people's lives, these are the six areas that you will constantly be developing in one way or another for the rest of your life. So number one, the servant or the administrator says to Saul, we found someone who is skillful in playing. Skillful in playing. And I believe for us to improve the quality of our life, leadership, and overall influence in people's lives, number one, we must develop our gift. You must develop your gift. Proverbs 18 and 6 says, your gift brings you before great men. You know, you're, you're born into life with a gift, but what you do with that gift and develop that gift turns into talent and skill. You know, talent wins championships. You know, the better skilled you are in your area of expertise, the better mark you will make. To make a mark, you must be an excellent marksman. You have to constantly improve your life and your talent. If you're a speaker, you need to develop your public speaking skills. You need to read up. You need to watch YouTube videos. You need to attend classes. You need to Uh, emulate and practice in front of a mirror. You know, to this day as a preacher and a teacher, I still practice in front of a mirror. I'm 53 years old and I still look into a mirror and practice speaking. If I get an idea, if I get a teaching thought or a theme or a verse, sometimes I'll just begin preaching it in front of a mirror to just kind of get the juices flowing and get some ideas out and preach out loud and walk through my house and preach these ideas If as a musician. I've had to develop my skill as a musician all my life, playing the keyboard, learning my instrument. I went to college and got a degree in music education and developing my singing skills. Even at 53 years old, I'm still developing my vocal skills. I feel like I'm better now than I've ever been. Not saying that I'm the best, but I'm saying that I feel better now as a vocalist than I ever did in my life because I'm in environments that challenge me and grow my ability. You know, there's a thing called the law of the lid. We've talked about it in previous um, episodes that if you are a five at a level of talent and skill, you'll never be able to truly lead sixes and sevens and eights unless you're able to assemble other gifted people around you in your area of expertise to expand and give yourself um, uh, the ability to to give a farther reach, you know, the people that you bring under your leadership will give you a farther reach, especially if they are better than you. But for you to get the, the competent level of respect from other people and being able to instruct them and impart into their lives and to develop others, you have to have a higher lid of expertise. So in your area of leadership, you need to be able to develop that area however you can, take classes, get a degree, Um, get instruction, hang around people that are better than you. Um, I once had a, a college instructor that told me he likes to play tennis with people that are better than him so that he'll increase his level of playing. And that's really the way it is. We've got to get around people that challenge us and help us develop our area of expertise. And I hope I'm speaking to you today. I hope I'm challenging you. I hope I'm inspiring you to bring the level of your game up to a higher level because if you're going to get a call from the king... You must not only have a gift, but you must also have the gumption. You must also have that spirit that says, I want to get better. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. If you're a leader, you need to develop your leadership. Um, Especially in church ministry, I tell people you might be a worship leader. Worship is your area of study and focus and concentration, but you're also a leader. So you need to be developing not only your inside and theology of worship and your musical gift and your talent and your craft, but you must also be growing as a leader. You must also develop leadership skills. So whatever your expertise is, whatever your level of leadership is, or whatever your area of expertise is, you must also develop that gift along with leadership, being able to impart and mentor and help other people. You have to constantly Be improving because talent and skill equals increased influence. So get better at what you're doing and there's really no excuse nowadays. My son, just as an example of what's available, he learned how to solve a Rubik's Cube in a minute and a half by watching YouTube videos. I mean, YouTube is a college Of development. There's so many helps out there and informational YouTube videos on how to do certain things. If you don't have the money, you say I don't have the money to go back to college. I don't know who to find to help me get better. I don't have any people around me. You've got the Internet and the Internet is a vast resource of information to develop your abilities. You can learn how to play the guitar, the piano, learn how to public speak. You can you can improve in areas of fitness and just don't make excuses, but do something that will champion yourself on to developing your gift so that you can increase your influence and impact in the lives of others. Hey guys, just want to take a halftime spot here to remind you to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. Uh, these two things really help bring more awareness to the platform that God has given us to share this content and to help people discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. So let's jump back in. We've got about 15 minutes left. And so let's keep pursuing excellence. Number two, this is kind of the core of what we're talking about today. Number two is David was a mighty man of valor. So number two you have to strive for excellence. The word valor means worthy or excellent. So David, he had a spirit or this, this inner drive for excellence, to do everything right, to do it well, to do it with excellence. The, 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 the definition of, of valor or worthy or excellent, let's look at the definition of excellent, is the state or attitude of excelling being exceptionally good, having extreme merit, and displaying superior quality. Colossians 3 and 17 in the uh, uh, ESV says, Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. In other words, don't do things halfway. Don't do things almost good or just good enough. You have, to, you have to have this mindset that says, I want to exceed the standard of acceptance. I want to go above and beyond in every little detail of my life. Details matter. Some people will look at me sometimes and say, Tony, why do you pay so much attention and, and nitpick at every little thing in your life? I'm here to tell you it's because I care about the quality of my product and what I deliver. Now, again, I am always striving to get better at doing what I'm doing, knowing that I'm fully acceptable to God, knowing that God loves me no matter what. But I believe that if I give half an effort in something that God has called me to, God is saying, Tony, there's, there's, you got to go higher than that. I believe that the expectation that we have of ourselves sometimes is sometimes the expectation that God believes that we're potentially worthy of. We need to fulfill all of our potential and go all the way with doing something right. And so let's look at some synonyms of what excellence is. The synonyms of excellence are greatness, brilliant, prominent, leading, foremost, outstanding, distinction, merit, and preeminence. Those are words that I want people to describe me by. Some antonyms, some opposites of what excellence is, is inferior, inferior inadequate, substandard, mediocre, average, ordinary, middle of the road, run of the mill, common, or the one I hate the most, just good enough. You know, when I'm introduced to speak or I'm introduced to, you know, a group of people, I don't want to be introduced like this. Ladies and gentlemen. We want to introduce Tony Sutherland to you today. I've known Tony for many, many years, and I just want to introduce him as probably the most inadequate, substandard, common, run-of-the-mill, good enough guy that I know. Would you welcome him today? Of course not. Who wants to be introduced like that? I want to be, when I am presenting myself to people, I want them to see somebody, not so that I can get kudos for it but that I'm bringing them the very, very best that I have in every area, the way that I dress, the way that I talk, the product that I'm presenting. You know, even when I'm mailing thank you cards out to people for contributing to our ministry, I make sure that the label is straight. I make sure that the card is nice. I make sure that there's a return label on there, a return address, and that when they get that envelope in the mail, they're not getting something that I just kind of scribbled their name on. I I want the details to be excellent in every area so that when it's presented to them, they don't just see a letter or an envelope or an address, but they see a quality-based product in front of them. Now, as long as you're giving your best, maybe you don't have the best resources available to you, but what is required is that you give your absolute, absolute best. You know, there's, there's two columns that I like to place things, in. I place the, the c- column of mediocrity and a column of excellence. Mediocrity, I call the Y factor, and excellence, I call the X factor. You're going to hear some birds in the background because they're awake and alive this spring day. So let them kind of like just chatter in the background, but you stay focused on me. So anyway, you have a column of mediocrity, and a column of excellence. The mediocrity column is the Y factor, and the excellence factor is the X factor. X marks the spot. So let's do some comparisons real quick. Let's let's compare mediocrity to excellence. All right, so in the mediocrity column, we have someone who would guard the past. They love the past. They don't They don't want to change. And so in the excellent factor column, we have someone who braves the future. So people who are mediocre, they like to guard the past. People of excellence, they brave the future. Uh, In the mediocrity column, you have someone who resists change. In the excellence column, you have someone who embraces change. They don't want to stay the same. They want to get better. They want to grow. In the mediocre column, you have a pessimistic and skeptical person always Skeptical of new ideas and pessimistic of new plans and new strategies, but in the in the excellent column, you have someone who's optimistic and intrigued. Wow, I never thought of it that way before. That's interesting. You see, excellence is not just what you do, but it's a mindset that you embrace. In the mediocre column, you have someone who completes the requirements, just, just gets it done, you know? Over in the excellence factor, you have someone who over-delivers someone who gives you more and who goes beyond what is just required. In the mediocre column, you have someone who just remains inferior. Because if you just shoot for average, you will not usually hit average. You'll you'll hit right underneath average. But if you if you're in the excellent qu- uh, fa- uh, column, you'll achieve greatness. Mediocre people remain inferior, but excellent people achieve greatness. In the mediocre column, you have someone who blends in, who's just kind of ordinary, who doesn't stand out. In the excellence factor, you have someone who stands out. They are extraordinary. See, folks, you were not made by God to just blend in. You were made to stand out. You were made to rise a head and shoulders above people around you. God has given you that X factor that makes you stand out. Now, instead of just saying you are someone who stands out, you should be striving to stand out. Uh, in the mediocre column, you people are typical and predictable. In the excellent factor column, you are inspiring and even surprising at times. In the mediocre column, you fall below average. In the excellent factor, you exceed the standard. In the mediocre column, you attract the usual suspects, the common people, the people that Just looking for a job or people that are just wanting to uh, have a title or whatever. But in the excellent column, you attract quality innovators. See, quality attracts quality. If you're looking for people that exceed the standard and that are excellent, then you must be the person that attracts that. Because as a leader or as a person who is making an impact and an influence in lives around you, you don't just get what you dream for, you attract who you are. So as you become the person that you want to attract, you will naturally draw those type of people in because high level leaders and people and high achievers and high performers attract those type of people around them. They just come around you. And so you have to develop yourself in the area of excellence so that you'll attract those type of people. Um I've noticed that people in the mediocre qual- uh, column they drain and demoralize people. Like I've been around some leaders that just frustrate me because I'm thinking, "Man, I it, you know, I'm seeing something that could improve or be better and the people that just say, eh, "You know, we don't really need to do that. It's it's good enough." and and it's like it frustrates me. It demotivates me. But when you're in the excellent factor you empower and you motivate people. Someone in a mediocre column will drain and demoralize you, but in the, if you're in the excellence column, you will empower and motivate. Mediocre people will say it's good enough, but excellent people will say it's never good enough. I'm not talking about perfectionists and uh, you know people that are OCD and compulsive people. That's one thing, but Excellent people do have this drive in them and it can be an unhealthy drive. You have to check yourself. But people in an excellent uh, mind in the excellence mindset are people that say it's just can always it can always be better. Let's celebrate what we did well, but let's not rest on our laurels. Let's try to do something better the next go around and they're, you know, evaluating and checking things out. And, you know, when a leader goes to a conference, when, when a leader or a person of excellence goes to a training seminar, they're probably sitting there going, I can do this better than the guy up there because they're, they're analyzing and they're evaluating things and they're applying it to their lives and saying, when I get the chance to do this, I'm going to do it this way because in their mind, they're always going above and beyond what's expected Now, in the mediocre column, one of the things that people will say is, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to show up early? Why do we have to put so much effort into it? Why do we have to do all this work? Why can't we just do this and get it out? Why do we have to pay attention to all the details? Why, why, why? And that's why I call mediocre people the why factor because they're always asking, why do we have to do this? And eventually it starts sounding like whining, whining and complaining. But people in the excellent factor or the excellent column, they say, whatever it takes. They don't, they don't want to just know why they have to do it, but they want to do whatever it takes to accomplish it. Can you see the difference now between the mindset of mediocrity and excellence? And so again, if you're going to make an impact in life, You have to strive for excellence. You have to be a mighty person of valor, always wanting to do things the right way with the right motive and produce a product that impresses and gets more than just the job done, but it absolutely inspires people when they see it. You know, excellence is in the very name of God. Psalms 8 and 1 says, "'How excellent is your name, O God.'" His name is excellent. I mean, look what God did in creation. Every single detail mattered. I mean, the position of the earth and the way that the planets rotate and the ecological system and the streams and how animals work and and how the environment works. Every single detail mattered to God and his creation is absolutely stunning. The final product is amazing. So we should model this. We should we should want to reflect God to people around us in the details of our life. Sometimes you've heard people say all oh, the devil's in the details. Don't sweat the small stuff. No, 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 no. We need to sweat the small stuff. We need to pay attention to the minute details of what we do so the final product will reflect that because God is in the details. There's nothing mediocre or just good enough about God. He's very good. He's awesome. He's superior. He reflects excellent in everything he does. And we must also do the same thing so that we might bring glory to God. Remember that scripture I shared with you, Colossians 3 and 17. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You know, excellence doesn't raise the level of your value to God. You'll always be valuable. You don't have to do this to get God's grace and favor in your life. But if you have grace and favor on your life, you should maximize that in everything you do. Because while excellence doesn't raise the level of your value to God, it raises the level of your influence to others. God doesn't want you just to exist and, 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 and live and breathe on this planet. He wants you to breathe into others and live for others and make your life count for others. Because there's nothing mediocre about your life. You were made with the qualities of excellence and making an impact and standing out in the lives of others. And while you may think that you don't matter, my friend, everything that God has placed in your life matters. And you need to spend every minute of your life making an impact, doing things well. When you leave the house, look as nice as poss- as possible. Don't ever be slouchy or sloppy with your appearance and your mindset because you might think, well, people don't care anyway. No, you know why they don't care? It's because you don't care. But when you start taking personal pride in the level of your influence and impact in people's lives, you'll begin to make an impact. And I believe, I truly believe this. I've seen it happen in my own life when you begin to develop a spirit of excellence and valor in your life, doors will begin to open for you. Opportunities will begin to present themselves that you didn't think. Think about David. He developed himself as a musician. He developed himself. He, he, He played in front of sheep. He played in front of sheep. And all of a sudden he gets this opportunity to play before a king because he developed himself. He was writing songs out there in the field and he was learning how to use his sling, and he was becoming an excellent marksman. Remember I said early, in order to become a mark, in order to make a mark, you must be an excellent marksman. And so for David to have brought down that giant with a stone, he had to learn to become an excellent marksman so that he could make his mark, not only for his generation, but all the generations to come. God wants you to do more than just make an impact in your generation. He wants you to leave a legacy of impact for generations to come. Hey guys, we're going to stop right here. That's all the time we have left. Uh, We'll be bringing part two in our next episode. And I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a review, and then share it with one or two other people in your life that need to hear what you heard today. Hey, Take a few other people on this journey with you as you pursue excellence. You know, someone else needs to grab a hold of this, and you're key in helping us spread the word and helping other people discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. I'm excited about our next episode, and until then, we'll see you.